Hello, welcome to Book Chat. I'm Carl Helliker, and our guest today is Dave Brown in his book, Philly Jocks, The Best Philadelphia Pro Athletes of Our Time. Dave Brown co-authored two previous books, The Baseball Trivia Book with Mitch Williams and Jim McMahon's In Your Face Book of Pro Football Trivia, which Dave discussed here on Book Chat, I think back in 2004. Um, Dave was in Downingtown with his wife and two sons. He's a practicing attorney. Dave, welcome to Book Chat. Thanks, Carl. Good to be back. Great, and uh, it's always good to have our head sports honcho and numbers cruncher <laughs> back to uh, tell us what's going on in the world of sports, at least from a historical perspective. Dave, what moved you to write this book, and what did you decide to include in it? Well, I grew up in the Philadelphia area. I always have been an avid Philadelphia sports fan, the Phillies, the Eagles, the Sixers, and Flyers, and I know how much Philadelphia fans like to debate sports and who's a better athlete. So what I thought I'd do is a book about the best 100 athletes in the four major sports. And to compile that list, I would poll 100 people and ask them to give me the, their list of best athletes and then do a feature on the top 100 and spruce up each feature with quotes from my survey participants. And I, you know, I thought that would be a book that would be conducive to debate among Philadelphia fans because people just you know, disagree and about who's the best and, and who's the worst. And mm-hmm. so that's what I did. And, and plus, it's not that heavy, so it's easy for people to throw it at each other, too. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Dave, uh, you talked about uh, people who did polls. Who were the people you polled? And tell us about the pretty strict guidelines that they had to follow. I polled. I had 15 people from the Philadelphia sports business were good enough to participate. Uh, Ray Didinger, Merrill Reese, Chris Wheeler, Jody McDonald, uh, Michael Barkan, several others, Andy Musser, the former uh, Phillies broadcaster, um, participated. And then 85 fans, just you know, people I know, friends and colleagues and friends of friends, um, you know, all of them who enthusiastically completed lists and you know, gave me very good quotes about the players. And you know, as far as the guidelines, you know, what I wanted to do is, you know, the Phillies been, have been playing since you know, the 1800s and the Eagles since the, since the 30s, and I didn't want to go back that far. I thought that would be too daunting for the, the voters to have to consider that, that many players. So what I did is I drew the line 50 years back. I, I did the, the poll in 2005, and so, players who have played for a Philadelphia sports team since 1955. Um, the Warriors were the first NBA team in Philadelphia. So the old Warriors players and then the um, players from the current four teams. And I only wanted the voters to consider their accomplishments for the, the pro sports teams, if they played high school ball here, if they played college ball here, not to consider that. Um, if they played for teams in other cities, you know, such as Pete Rose, a lot of years with Cincinnati, don't, don't consider that. Just, just consider what they did in Philadelphia. Um, you had the, the people had the opportunity to, to watch them as fans. And, um, and also, I want a minimum of, of three years. So in other mm-hmm. words, players like T.O., who was great for a year and a half, not to consider him. Um, so that's what those are the guidelines I used. And uh, now the, the criteria the voters had to consider, they, they were pretty uh, well-defined too. Yeah, I listed several of them and 
the voters could give these criteria as much or as little weight as they wanted. You know, mm -hmm. Things like um, you know, their overall performance as an athlete, whether they played on championship teams, whether they made the Hall of Fame, whether their uh, number was retired, their longevity, how much of a clutch player they were. Um, fan appeal, I think, was, was, mm -hmm. was also something that they can consider how likable were they, how much did they hustle. So those were the eight or nine factors that each voter used in ranking the athletes. And then how did you actually go ahead, go compile this list? You took everybody's and did they have to weight them in some yeah, way? Yeah, what they did is they, they ranked, I gave them really a, a ballot of a, about 180 players. I went back okay. and determined who I thought were the, the best right. players for the Warriors, Phillies, Eagles, Sixers, and Flyers. And then each voter you know, reviewed the ballot. They, they could, it wasn't limited to the, the ballot. They could consider players outside of the ballot. They listed the top 50, number one down to 50. And then I gave 50 points for each first place vote, 49 points for each second place vote. And then just the, the 100 people that voted, I tallied the votes, added them up, and then just ranked them one right down to 100. Right. Um... Did, were you uh, happy with the way it turned out? I mean, did you happen, to, you know, were there a lot of uh, differences between what you would have chosen and what they chose? I, I think the voters on the whole did a very good job mm -hmm. with it. I mean, mm -hmm. there were some people I thought were ranked maybe a little bit too high. Mm -hmm. um, Pete, for example, Pete Rose and, and Tug McGraw, and guys that I thought were outstanding players for the Phillies and a big part of the 1980 championship team, nevertheless, I don't think I would have included them that high. However, a lot of voters, um, you know, championships, as you know, are few and far between in Philadelphia. It's been 24 years. The Phillies have only had one. A lot of voters thought that that 80 World Series championship was, was so cherished, so important, that, that Rose and Tug deserved a spot high on their lists. Mm -hmm. You know, even though, I mean, on the whole, they were not outstanding players for the Phillies. Right. Then what did you do? How, what did you do? What type of information is included on each athlete? Where did you get your information and how much did you include? Well, I did, you know, I just, I did a, a lot of research on, um, you know, each of the athletes right. and, and just kind of gave highlights mm -hmm. of, um, you know, just big moments in their career. And, and but, but the, the gist of the the summary I did on each athlete, which, you know, would run a page or so was, and I thought was kind of the meat of the book was to, the quotes from the participants, because it was, you know, it was interesting to see, you know, some people thought, you know, for example, that Pete Rose was just the, the missing piece, that he was the reason that they won the World Series, and otherwise, mm -hmm. other people just scoffed at that notion and thought it was, thought it was ridiculous. Um, you know, I also, I included, um, you know, because people like stats, they're each player's year-by-year -year stats, um, both his years in Philadelphia and outside of Philadelphia, career totals, uh, you know, major awards won, MVPs, rookies of the year, um, you know. So, a person reading the book could really get the full right. full picture on each player, and it's pretty much the same type of information for each in, player. Indeed, right. absolutely. Excellent. Uh, Dave, why don't we spend uh, a good bit of time talking about the top ten and. Uh, you know, we can see, first of all, you said you were kind of happy with the, how they turned out, uh, but uh, I'm sure we'll hear from some of our audience. If they're not happy, 
how things turned out. So why don't you spend some time telling about who uh, made the top 10? Okay, I think the top 10, I think the voters did a, a really good job. I didn't agree 100%, but the way the way it came out was Wilt Chamberlain, the, the outstanding player for the Warriors and Sixers, was number one far and away. In fact, all 15 of the people, the, the experts in the sports business, voted him first as just somebody who totally dominated the sport of basketball and was just a larger-than-life figure and, and heads and shoulders above the crowd. So he was really the, the runaway winner. Mike Schmidt was number two. People just looked at his you know, very long and consistent career with the, the Phillies, and many people consider him the best third baseman of all time, and many gold gloves for his impeccable defense, and he won three MVPs. He was a big part of the, the 1980 World Series team. Close behind Mike was Dr. J., for his you know, magnificent 11-year career with the Sixers. He, too, was viewed as just a tremendous year-in and year-out player, uh, very charismatic, uh, you know, Hall of Famer, perennial all-star. You know, also, he was a big part of that 1983 championship team. Close behind Dr. J, in, in fourth place, another Hall of Famer, the great Steve Carlton, who Mike Schmidt's teammate for a long time, you know, people view him as one of the great pitchers of all time. He won four Cy Young Awards, won more than 300 games. That's quite an exclusive club. And, you know, he was just the, the ace of that 1980 team that won the World Series. And then the, the next two, uh, numbers five and six were the, the, I think the two key players on that great Flyers team who won two consecutive Stanley Cups in the 70s, Bobby Clark and Bernie Perron. Bobby finished slightly higher than Bernie. You know, Bobby played his entire career with Philadelphia, was considered the, you know, the leader of that team and the, you know, the, the ultimate leader, as, as some people described him. And, you know, the, the, the city at that time was really starved for a, a championship, or as they are now. And, um, you know, the, the Flyers were an expansion team in 67, and just in a matter of seven years, they were transformed from a, you know, a, a mediocre expansion team to a, a powerhouse. And, and Clark and, and Bernie, with his just mm -hmm. impeccable goaltending, was responsible for, for that. And, Number seven, the, the first football player in the top 10 was Hall of Famer Chuck Bednarik. You know, played for the Eagles from the, the late 40s to 62, played you know, both offense and he was primarily a linebacker, but also played center. And uh, you know, he was just viewed as just a tough blood and guts player. You know, one of the one of the keys to that 1960 team. Yeah. It's been almost 50 years since the Eagles won a championship, and yeah. and Bednarik was the you know the leader of that team, and you know got a lot of votes. And you know, rounding out the top 10, uh, number eight, another football player, the great Reggie White, who's an outstanding defensive player and, and leader of those Eagles uh, def uh, uh, defenses under Buddy Ryan and Rich Kotite from the mid 80s to the mid 90s. Um, you know, Hall of Famer, you know, tr tremendous player. And Richie Ashburn, you know, I talked about likability and fan appeal being a, a, a factor to consider, and I think Ashburn really scored 
a lot in that category. I mean, I think he was a very good player. He made the Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. although he waited 30 years. I, mean, I, I don't think I would have quite had him in the top 10 based mm -hmm. on his, um, strictly his performance. But, he, you know, he did have a very good career, very good defensive player, you know, good hitter. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad he was there because he was, he was such, so likable. You know, we, we all had the pleasure of listening to him as a broadcaster for many, many years. And Allen Iverson, um, a little surprised that he finished that high. Um, I thought that maybe Robin Roberts or Charles Barkley, who finished right outside of the top 10, would have, would have been ahead of Allen. But, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, a few of our, the experts who cover sports every day just really were wowed by Allen's ability as mm -hmm. a sixer. They're just one of the best players in the game, an MVP, one that won scoring titles, and, and really was the leader of that team that made it to the NBA Finals in 2001 and lost to the, the Lakers. So I think, a, you know, quite an impressive top 10. It's, it's, a, it's a great list. Interesting, Iverson, too, was the only, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, new school player that you would find. And maybe, True. Maybe that was part of the controversy. And yeah, yeah, no doubt that... Um, you know, he and Donovan McNabb was a, another, uh, you know, active player that was close. You know, he was uh, he was 14th in the voting, and and he really uh, Donovan even more so than 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 Iverson. I mean, Iverson I think, is a more controversial mm -hmm. figure because just his his you know his whole image. You know, Donovan is a very I think well liked guy, clean yeah. cut, but. You know, many people think that he is the reason that the Eagles, year after year, you know, did so well, made it the championship game, made it to the one Super Bowl. But a lot of people were, were quite critical of him as being overrated, as being somebody who could not win the big game, uh, who disappointed fans. And, and if, if the Eagles had Joe Montana or, or Steve Young, that they would have won a couple of Super Bowls. So, um, you know, he was somebody that fans really had strong opinions about. Yeah. It's funny, it's almost like a scapegoating thing because uh, how can you say one player is responsible for not winning that championship? You know? True, but you know the quarterback of course has yeah. so much responsibility, yeah. gets a lot of, a lot of yeah. the credit when they yeah. win and, and takes a lot of the heat when they lose and, and that's, that's, you know, that's reflected by the comments. Now, now you said the Iverson would not have been in your top 10, right? Not, not quite. I mean, I think top 15, top 20, mm -hmm. but I think I would have had, you know, Moses Malone is another yeah. player who I, although his stay in Philadelphia was short, just, you know, five years, he, he was just such an incredibly dominating player on that 83 team. Yeah. And, and I believe he might have been the first basketball player to go from high school into the pros. That yeah, I, I, yes he was, and that that was quite a rarity yeah. that he was he was such a, a monstrous talent in high school that he yeah. just bypassed college and um, you know although Daryl Dawkins is a, another player right. in that category who finished well you know seventieth down on the list, but he too was one who skipped college and went right to the pros. Yeah. Dave, in addition to the great narratives you put together, you included some narratives of some of the fans, which were very entertaining, some of their um, special events. Was that your idea to include that? or I have to give my, my brother the credit, and, and he, was, uh, he it was one of the 100 people participated, and he, just, you know, he suggested that as a, you know, have sidebars throughout the book where the participants in, this, in mm -hmm. the survey um, summarized a memorable Philadelphia sporting event which they attended. Um, 
and several people came up with very good ones, such as you know, Ray Didinger as a, as a teenager um, went to the 1960 championship game between the Eagles and the Packers, which the Eagles won, and a you know real memorable finish and a goal line stand, and just a t terrific terrific description of that game by Ray. Terry Bickhart, um, longtime sports editor of the Reading Eagle, was lucky enough also as a teenager to go to a game in 1962 when um, Will Chamberlain scored 78 points um, in a triple overtime game against the Lakers, which you know was quite a thrill for him. Um, and he really summed that game up well. And a few of our you know fans, um, Dave Bristow, did a great job describing Steve Carlton's 3,000 strikeout, which was quite a milestone, and, and where Carlton was three strikeouts short going into the game, and in typical fashion struck out the first three players in the top of the first to, to get to 3,000. And yeah, it was quite a thrill for Dave to, to go to that game. And you know, I guess and another one that, that was very good was Jim Kent. Um, whose two sons also participated. He went to, you know, I think one of the most memorable games in Philadelphia sports history, the Eagles-Cowboys NFC Championship game in January 1981. Um, you know, Cowboys, a you know, bitter, bitter rivalry with the, uh, the Eagles over the years. And, and finally in that game, the Eagles got over the hump, beat the Cowboys. Wilbert Montgomery had the game of his life. And, um, you know, Jim was just a in his early 20s and went with all his friends and just he said you know the, one of the greatest memories of, of his life attending that game. How about you? Do you have one a particular memory that uh, you, if you put a sidebar for yourself in there would you include? I, if I did one I would have included the game six of the 1993 um, National League series against the Braves. You know the 93 that team was memorable cast of characters with, with Mitch Williams and Lenny Dykstra and Darren Dalton and Johnny, John Cruck, and they won the division, still were considered the, the underdog um, against the Braves, and, but they took a 3-2 lead into game six, and I, I, I attended that game, and the electricity was just in, incredible, and they took out the Braves and moved to the World Series, and that's, that's certainly one of, the, one of the highlights for me. Great one. Uh, how about just so are Philadelphia fans biased toward a particular sport? I mean, just going by your list, uh, football seems sort of down on the list, but there always seems so much more hype around football season than any other sport, maybe because it's a shorter season. I don't know. But do you, do you feel fans are uh, uh, biased in any one particular way? I think the way that they voted, I think they were really pretty even-handed about it and gave, you know, I think equal weight to the four sports, there were more Eagles, although there were there was not an Eagle until number seven, Chuck Bednarik, there were more Eagles in the top 100 than any of the other um, teams. However, a lot of that could be is that the rosters are, are bigger in football than the other sports. And, you know, in basketball, the roster is only 12 players, and there were less Sixers than, than Flyers or Phillies or, or Eagles. But I think that's just reflected by the rosters. But I mean, I think all in all, uh, I don't think there's any question that Philadelphia has become a, a football town in recent years. I think it was a baseball town for many years, but the Eagles have, has been, have been so strong you know, for the last 
you know, 15, 20 years, so many trips to the playoffs that um, you know, people are really avid about the Eagles and especially their, their defensive players. Does that reflect what you think that's what's going on in that in the national level of popularity of sports? Football. You know, I, you know I've, I've always been a bigger baseball fan than football. Mm-hmm. And I like to think that nationally, baseball has a slight edge over football. But yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, people are pretty gung-ho about their... Yeah. Their football, and it, I think it's a toss-up. Well, I think especially looking with kids growing up, I mean, what, what sports are popular to them? I mean, it's, it seems like football would be... Uh, football, I think, does get the nod yeah. with, with the kids these days. And, you know, and in my, my generation, I don't think there's any doubt baseball was the yeah. king. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the sports rivalries like the Eagles-Cowboys. Uh, uh, what's behind that? I mean, that's... It's just oil in the water since the beginning. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that you know the Eagles and Cowboys playing in the same division for mm-hmm. for so many years, and you know, and competing, and 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 I think that just created a you know a, a bitter rivalry, and um, you know, kind of like a similar rivalry is that the Sixers and the Celtics, you know, and that goes back you know to the days of Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell, right. and you know they would be you know banging heads in the playoffs and that the Celtics, you know, usually yeah. got the, you know, came out on the long end of the stick and, you know, that, and I, you know, the, that's why the, I think the 83 um, championship was so special because they kept, the Sixers kept getting bumped by the Celtics in the playoffs and, you know, finally um, got over the hump and beat them. And, the, you know, the Phillies Braves um, also, you know, longstanding rivalry. Yeah. Braves always getting the one up on the Phillies. Oh, yeah. Let me just ask you quickly here, Dave. Uh, were there some surprises people we would think would made the list but didn't? There were a few that, um, you know, a couple, three. Rick Wise was somebody who almost made the top 100, um, did not. You know, he was the pitcher who the Phillies traded to get Steve Carlton. You know, obviously trade worked out very well for the Phillies. Carlton going on to becoming a Hall of Famer, but Wise was a very good pitcher for, for several years. He threw a no-hitter, hit two home runs that game. Um, I figured he'd squeak in there. And, and Maxie Bond was a linebacker for the sure. Eagles way back in the, you know, played for that 60 championship team and, you know, all-pro caliber player. Um, I think he was 101st, 102nd, didn't quite make it, but I, I think those are the two guys that... Yeah, sort of, sort of surprising. True. Yeah. Well, Dave, uh, we looks like we've come to the uh, bottom of the ninth here, and I uh, <laughs> want to thank you so much for joining us today on Book Chat to discuss your book, Philly Jocks, the best Philadelphia pro athletes of our time. It's a lot of fun for people who just want to pick up, read it uh, occasionally, or like you said, get into a discussion, heated or otherwise, about the contents. So we're pleased to have it at the library, and uh, we'll look forward to a lot of people borrowing it. All right. uh, thank you for joining us today, Dave Brown. I'm Carl Helliker, and you've been watching Book Chat.